The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to be inspired, uplifted, and motivated to greatness? It's time for Star Style. Be the star you are. With your effervescent personal growth coaches, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and health specialist, Heather Brittany. Define your vision, discover your passion, and design your future in this power-packed hour of life-changing talk radio. Featuring authors and success experts dedicated to helping you achieve the results you deserve. Be entertained, edutained, encouraged, and empowered. Smile, have fun, and celebrate you. Explore your potential and embrace your possibilities with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on Star Style. Be the star you are, starting right now. Well, hello, Power Partners. It's our playtime now. Welcome to Radio's Finest Hour of Power, Star Style B, The Star You Are, a program of Positive Book Talk. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are so happy that we're here with you as your personal growth success coaches every week right here on World Talk Radio. We know you have a plan for your life, and you've set goals, and you know that you're going to get there eventually, but hopefully we can help you get there a little bit faster because we do keep you on our radar and we want you to be the stars you were born to be. The Miracle Moment is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you for writing, speaking, and media interviews. Call 925-377-STAR or visit starstyleproductions.com to book your session because you can be the star you are. And this is from Benjamin Disraeli. The secret of success in life is for a man to be ready for his opportunity when it comes. And how true that is. It's like when the door opens, you have to be ready to walk through because we never know when that one shot at success is going to knock on our door. Well, today's show is going to take us around the world to Bali with the book Paradise Guest House where it all started with a trip to the tropical but ended up in tragedy. And then it also analyzes the why behind the beach and why beaches give us a blissful experience. But right now in our Health Matters, Heather is bringing us a segment called In Living Color. It is a spectrum of colors that line the produce aisle from the robust reds and vibrant oranges to every shade of green and every fruit and vegetable and how these vitamins are nutritious because of their pigments. So it's going to be easier for you to figure out your fountain of youth foods when you visit your next farmer's market or your garden or the grocery store after Heather gives you this info. So, Heather, you know, as we're both talent, we're both actors and radio personalities, and we want to keep a fresh, youthful appearance. It's important to our longevity in this television and entertainment industry. But whether people want to look good for the camera 
or they just want to feel good and look good in life, there are some dietary tips that we can do that are really in our produce aisle that will help us look our best. So I'm, I'm interested in knowing what you know about this, this uh, living color spectrum. Exactly. Well, currently right now uh, Americans are eating only about five servings or less a day of fruits and vegetables, and really we should be eating more about 13. And it turns out actually counting colors is a lot um, easier for weight loss and overall health than counting calories. A big thing in American diets right now is beige. And, you know, you think beige, you think clothes, which is fine. But when it comes to our dinner palette, we want to see the rainbow. We want all those colors. And we've kind of been conditioned now that we eat foods primarily based on their taste, their cost, or how convenient they are. And that's, uh, you know, food manufacturers have done a really good job of that. We want things that are easy to eat, inexpensive, usually rich in sugars and fats and salt and starches, all the things that taste really good to us, and they're inexpensive. And that's what the brown beige diet is, is that we're eating unhealthy food that doesn't have colors or they're manufactured colors. When really, again, going to these farmers markets, going into the grocery store, into the produce aisle, has so many nutrition things beyond um, what we may just think. You know, a lot of times we think, oh, orange juice, you know, vitamin C. But when you really think of all the different colors out there, think of all the different things you can eat and all the different um health aspects of it. A big thing why it's so healthy is of this thing called, I'm going to probably say this wrong, but uh, phytochemicals, which is sort of like in photosynthesis, so what comes from, you know, the sun and the plants. Um, when plants become enriched with these colors, these colors, you know, and actually have a relation to particular nutrients. So getting into all the fun colors there. So when you think blue, not about your feeling blue mood, but blues and purples are due um, primarily, you know, this, this can be in, uh, excuse me, this craziness going on here, um, like blackberries, blueberries, pomegranates, things like that are really big. Um, um, eggplant, eggplant would probably eggplant. be in there, eggplant, eggplant nice and purple. Eggplant is a really good, um, is a really big one with that. And they all have kind of heart disease fighting um, elements to that. And something that's really important, too, is getting the skins of these. A lot of times we cook or we peel off a lot of the nutrients. Something that people might know is that kiwis have the highest amount of vitamin C in it than all other fruit. And a lot of times we can, you can actually eat those, that prickly outside, um, to get even more vitamins in They're there. It's kind of fuzzy, and I think, I think it's more the texture that people don't like because kiwis are... You know, they have that kind of fuzzy fur on the outside, but actually if you eat it, it, it tastes pretty good. I know. And something cute, so there's also um, lycopene, which is a dominant pigment that's found in reddish fruits and vegetables. So, you know, look for tomato-based things. And something that, although, you know, we've talked about vitamin C, um, a lot of things are diminished during the heat process of it. And that's not necessarily to say that eating raw food is best, um, but if you can, it might just kind of blanch things because then you'll get the most nutrition out of them. Sometimes when we overheat things where, the, though they're still healthy, they're kind of getting rid of all those essential nutrients that we wanted in the first place. Um, when we try to think of green, you know, thinking of green elements, think of avocados, 
seaweed, spinach, um, and even pistachios. Pistachios, those outside of, you know, once they're peeled off, the inner skin that's on the pistachio, not the shell itself, it's really, really healthy for you. Um, there's a surprising amount um, of gluten in it, which helps with your eyesight, as well as with folic acid. And we talked about how folic acid and vitamin K are really essential for um, women who are pregnant, especially, that can help in uh, fetal growth, but it's just good for your overall sight as well. It's good for your hair growth, nail growth. Um, so, again, leafy greens with that, that's going to have a lot of vitamin K in it as well. Something, too, we want to think of are yellows and oranges. Those are going to have a lot of vitamin A and vitamin C. So think carrots, mangoes, cantaloupe, um, squash, even sweet potatoes and pumpkin. There's so many... Um, what you got? There's just so many vitamins that are rich in all these vegetables that we, you know, I always think I still take vitamins every day um, because I'm not always getting, you know, those health things for it. But if you can, the best way is to go the natural way. Filling your plate like a rainbow, eating something that's red, orange, greens, yellows, and you can mix that up with fruits and vegetables to get the full mix of it. So, and, you know, I just wanted to get back to the vitamin A and the beta carotene because you were just talking about, you know, the oranges and yeah. the color orange, et cetera. The important thing here is, you know, there's free radicals that attack our skin's elastin and collagen. And if you have good elastin and collagen in your skin, then it is youthful and firm and it's not, it's pretty wrinkle free. So, you really want to eat food sources that contain that vitamin A. And, you know, we always think about um, vitamin A and the sun, et cetera. But the vitamin A really rebuilds the body tissues, and then it lubricates the skin, and it keeps it from being dry and scaly. So, yes, like apricots, cantaloupe, carrots, mangoes, papayas, peaches, persimmons. You know, I grew persimmons. A lot of people don't even know about persimmons. Uh, of course, the sweet potatoes and uh, the pumpkins and the squash, those are all going to keep your skin just much more beautiful and uh, give you antioxidants and destroy those free radicals that are yeah. coming down as a result of just environmental pressures. So, yeah, and orange and the orange things again have a lot of beta carotene in it, and we know vitamin C and vitamin A again are also um, components that are really good for eyesight. Vitamin A is really big in carrots, and carrots have I've been known in um, studies that it can actually help with eyesight and help maintain. Um, well, because as we get older, our eyesight begins to diminish, like every other part of our body. But um, eating high things of vitamin A as well as omega fatty acids, acids, which can be found in this orange and yellow uh, color section, like such as salmon, for example, into it. Um, those are going to help again. Yeah, with skin, the elasticity of skin, but overall with, it, with um, your eyesight too, it's going to help maintain that, so you're less likely to need um, glasses. So again, it's always trying to get into the color system. Um, a lot of times, people you know we think. You know, we're not going to be able to get, but it's so easy. Um, still, the, always the best way is to get fresh products. If you have to, we've talked before, you know, you can, the second to fresh is frozen. A lot of things are flash frozen, so they haven't had any added salt or sugar to it. Then after that, find what would be canned foods. The thing with canned vegetables is a lot of times if it's canned fruit, they're put in high, um, high fructose corn syrup, and a lot of times those vegetables are put into like a salt water base. 
So though you're still getting vegetables and fruit, it's kind of been sugared up. It's kind of been manufactured, so you're not getting the full thing of it. So a big thing, sometimes, you know, buying in bulk, chopping up, um, just make sure every day you have a little bit of the rainbow on it to kind of get the full benefits of your overall health. You know, it's interesting how our society has changed in the last, oh, I don't know, 20 to 50 years, I guess, because I know that when I was a teenager and living in Holland and France, there was nothing like a, you know, a big super mercado. There wasn't any supermarkets. They were all little individual shops and grocers, you know, like green grocers, small grocers, and you would go to one shop to get your fruits and vegetables and the next shop to get your fish or your meat and another shop to get your bread. And what was interesting is they would only have in these shops what was fresh right then. So, you you know, those were the colors that you chose. And today, because of of shipping and traveling, making making food accessible literally year-round, I mean everything year-round, we get all different kinds of vegetables from around the world and fruits. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they have been vine-ripened. And so they're probably, you know, it's, I still recommend, being the gardener I am, that you eat fruits and vegetables that are in season because the ones that are in season now are the ones that are going to have the most nutrients for you, and especially if you can either get them from your own garden or from a farmer's market or from some place where they haven't had to travel across the world. What's your take on that? Exactly. Anything that's, anything that's closer is always going to be healthier. And a big thing I think a lot of times people don't know, they may get vegetables, but they don't know what to do with them. They don't know how to cook with them. And if sometimes if cookbooks and cooking shows are overwhelming, if you just go to a growers association's website, um, I mean, they're usually associated with farmer's markets to let you know which ones are in the area and that are certified farmer's markets. A lot of times they'll have recipes on there, you know, anything from basic salads to stews, stuff that you can do, you know, kind of cooking ideas so that you don't get stuff and let them go to waste because that's always a big thing. People buy vegetables with good intentions. They don't really know what to do with them, so they just kind of let them sit and they go wrong. Right. Well, Well, we're uh, at the end of our healthy segment again, and so this was Living Colors. It's how to eat fresh and eat green and eat from the colors of the rainbows and increase your your vitamin and mineral intake by just having a colorful plate of fresh fruit and vegetables uh, as well as other things like egg yolks and salmon and things that are good for you. Heather, give out the website. Most definitely. We want you to go to BeTheStarYouAre.com as well as BeTheStarYouAre.org. Well, thank you for another Health Matters. And when we return from break, best-selling author Ellen Sussman takes us on a trip to paradise. And is it really paradise? Stay with us and you'll find out. The Paradise Guest House coming right up. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And we'll be back in a bit. The star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. 
Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. Light up the flame. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be The Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org Be the star you are, you are the star. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and motivated to greatness with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Turn up the volume. Tune in to the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, back to the program with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. It's terrific that you are still with us here on Star Style. Be the star you are, where we bring you the authors and the experts who entertain and educate. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and we love having our conversations. Well, when the novel Paradise Guest House landed on my desk, I was intrigued because several years ago I was scheduled to speak for a week at a retreat in the spiritual oasis known as Bali, only to have the engagement canceled the week before my departure because my agent said there was a possible threat of a terrorist attack. Well, since a year earlier, TV producers couldn't get me on a flight on a Monday of September 10th for a show to be broadcast on 9-11, I felt that the Bali cancellation might just be another quesarasara. So I had narrowly missed being in New York City on that fateful 9-11 day. And as it turned out, I was also not in Bali for the horrible bombing because of that terrorist rumor. Well, New York Times bestselling author of the novel French Lessons, Ellen Sussman, did visit this idyllic island only a few weeks after the attack. And the resiliency of the people, the beauty of paradise, prompted her to write this compelling story of the infamous Bali nightclub bombings, or the story based on that, and the healing and recovery from those events. Welcome, Ellen, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thanks, Cynthia. It's so nice to have, for you to have me on. Well, I really, really enjoyed your book, and I know that it's a novel, and it, but you did a lot of research so that you could really bring the spirit and the voice of Bali and the people 
that live there as well as the people who were visiting there to your book, The Paradise Guest House. Let's uh, talk about, first of all, your experiences when you went there just a few weeks after that terrible bombing in 2002. I don't think you went with the idea you were going to write a book, but no. while you were there, you knew you had a compelling That's story. Right. Uh, it was actually uh, the second set of bombings in 2005 um, uh, that uh, my husband and I had a vacation planned right after that that attack, and everyone told us to cancel our reservations that after two sets of attacks, Bali was clearly too dangerous. And for some odd reason, we decided we really wanted to see Bali, and we weren't going to give up this opportunity, and I am so thankful that we went. We had the very odd experience of being there for two weeks and never seeing one other tourist during that time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Can you imagine? Really amazing. It, it was remarkable, especially these days when, when uh, Bali is really flooded with tourists. Um, and in some ways, it gave us a much stronger feeling of what Bali was and who the people were and how traumatized they were by these uh, terrorist attacks that Bali is paradise and the crazy dichotomy of thinking about terrorism and paradise makes no sense. But the Balinese people are just a truly peace-loving, um, deeply religious, uh, and their religion is uh, Balinese Hinduism, um, wonderful people. So to see how hard this was for them to deal with touched me very deeply. And um, I knew by the end of that vacation that I wanted to write this fictional story about an American woman who gets caught in the terrorist attacks uh, in 2002, and then she goes back a year later to find the man who saved her. Now, you really did spend time with the survivors, yeah. right, and family members and yeah. you know, some of the widows. Yeah. It, well, so the good part of the kind of books that I write are my research trips, um, and I did have to go to Bali for a month. Um, oh, I know. You had to, but somebody's <laughs> got to do it. Someone's got to do it. I have to take my job seriously. Exactly. What other kind, you know, exactly. you wouldn't be a professional if you didn't. Um, and interestingly, you know, it's so funny that while I was there and wandering the streets of Bali, thinking, what am, what am I really supposed to be researching here? I'll, I'll tell you about the interviews um, in a moment, but most of the time I was just kind of going to a yoga class, wandering through the towns, sitting in a restaurant and taking notes, and absorbing Bali. And when I wrote the book, that I found was the most important thing, was just to fill the pages with the sights and smells and sounds of Bali. But the hardest part of that trip was um, the last three days that I was there, I was set up um, through an organ a fabulous organization to meet with survivor Balinese survivors of the terrorist attacks in two thousand and two and families of some of the victims. And these were mostly very poor people. I had an interpreter with me. We traveled to very remote villages, um, very modest homes with dirt floors, and somebody, a young woman covered with burn scars with her baby crawling on her lap would tell me about what she had gone through to overcome her injuries and the, the devastating experience. And uh, a widow tried to talk about what had happened that night when her husband didn't return from work, and her young teenage daughter st 
stepped in because mom couldn't speak, and she told me the story and also said that she had now determined that she was going to become a doctor because there weren't enough doctors on the island. So these experiences just meant so much to me. And, you know, very it, the Paradise Guest House really is a love story, but it is set against this backdrop. And I felt that it was very important for me to make both Bali and the terrorist attacks as as true as I could possibly do. Well, and you made it so real. You just said, you know, that you had absorbed the sounds, the sights, the smells, the feel yeah. of the country and its people. And all of that is intertwined in your writing. We're speaking with Ellen Sussman. She's the best-selling author of French Lessons. And her new book, The Paradise Guest House, is bound for the bestseller list as well. <laughs> but I really felt, Ellen, you know, I felt I was with you, and I was with Jamie, your main character, the adventure guide. Yeah. And I, what I noticed um, in reading the acknowledgments and then, go, you know, and then, of course, reading your whole book is, for example, you used the name Nioman, you thanked Nioman in your acknowledgments, and you used him, that name at least, as the, the, uh, the owner, the caretaker of the Paradise Guest House. It must have been just really an incredible feeling to, to interact with these very gracious people and yes. know yes. that they were moving on. And because their religion, it seemed, because they so many believe in reincarnation, it gave them hope, and That's it gave right. them faith. That's right. They had a very different approach to uh, the terrorist attacks than Americans might have. Um, they, they did have this sense that it happened, and so we must accept this. Um, they believed that the people, their loved ones who were killed, would be reborn. There is um, uh, one of the characters in, in my book talks about his hope, and this is a part of their religion that when he has a child one day, that the wife he lost will, will be reborn as his child. Well, and you actually uh, say that about a friend. And he, he gets all excited yeah. when he visits a friend who's, who has a child, and the priest had said, the, or the, you know, the, the shaman had said that yeah. this was the child from, um, That's right. from the uh, terrorist attacks. So, you know, it's, uh, when I set out to write a book, I often um, write to understand what I, is, to me, incomprehensible. Yes. And exactly. uh, rather than just to spat out things that I know, it's really I write to discover and to sort of plumb the depths of something. And this was material that was so new to me, and I couldn't understand you know, these attacks on this beautiful island and the these uh, wonderful people and how they responded to it. So I, actually in writing the book, that was my attempt to to understand this, to really learn how they could be so strong and be so loving when um, these horrible things had happened to them. Have you um, actually come to grips with why it happened or how it could happen in Bali? Because when I think of one place in the world that's paradise, it is Bali. Yes. And yes. I don't think that anybody, even though that there have been these, these bombing attacks, it, I don't think people associate a right. place, this idyllic island, with yes. this beautiful, you know, it's a spiritual retreat, and you that's bring right. that, uh, that through in your book. 
with bombings, and I, I, I still have a hard time putting the two together. Well, I think uh, many people do. Um, I asked everyone who I spoke to during that month um, and certainly read a lot of books on the topic, and there are very different ideas about why the terrorist attacks happened. It was an Ind- Indonesian cartel of al-Qaeda that, that caused the attacks. Um, Bali is part of Indonesia, but it is the only... Uh, Hindonese, you know, they practice Balinese Hinduism, whereas the rest of Indonesia is a Muslim, Muslim country. Right. And they, apparently the rest of Indonesia has a very hard time with that, and also with the fact that Bali is the tourist Mecca rather than other parts of Indonesia. So there is a, there are some speculation that it has to do with that, and some that it's just an attack on Western tourists. I mean, mm-hmm. it was mostly young Western kids. And Australians, yeah, and uh, Australians to the for the most part, but non-Indonesians who were who were killed, and it was certainly an attempt to to uh, strike at tourism. Um, so there are different theories on that. I never found one overwhelming, you know, correct answer to that question. Well, I really enjoyed your characters and how they're right. so well developed, and I've. Of course, the love, you know, the, the, the love angle with Jamie and meeting Gabe. Gabe. Yep. And I actually did think that maybe Nioman was going to propose marriage <laughs> to, to Jamie because he just, he just seemed so very kind and she seemed to have a, a, a bit of an attraction to him just the way he believed and, yep. and the love for his wife. Yep. I mean, how much he really, cared for her, and I thought you just nailed Jamie as a Berkeley, California um, <laughs> adventure guide. That's right. Well, thank you. I, uh, You know, it, there's a saying that writers have is that you, when you create a character, you then have to do the worst possible thing to that character. So Jamie's a very feisty, independent um Gutsy young woman who travels the world to for to guide adventure uh, trips, and for her to be um, caught in these bombings, and then to feel that she is kind of too scared to go out in the world right. and not vulnerable. It's, it's horrible, it's, right? It's, it's vulnerable. She can't. She's not that kind of vulnerable person. She's exactly. A, she's so a it is cookie. a way of of striking at the heart of what you know. Everything that's important to her is destroyed in that bombing, and she needs to rediscover who she is and how she can move forward. So I, I feel very strongly. I mean, I, I love Jamie, and I love her, her struggle. I guess if I, if I didn't, I couldn't put it on the page that way. How but much I, of you I, is in Jamie? Is there a little of you in Jamie? You know, it's interesting. Um, when my best friend read the book and said, oh, my God, she's exactly you. And <laughs> I said, oh, my, she's not me at all. Mm-hmm. She is a little bit who I wish I were at that age. Instead of traveling the world and doing these wild, fearless, and independent things. I was married at 24, and by 31, I had my first baby. Yeah, but that's <laughs> so, the time period, too. So you know, maybe Jamie is who I wish I were <laughs> at that age and how I wish I was living. And interestingly, now I'm kind of living that life. I mean, now I travel a lot. I am much more independent. I'm much gutsier at my age in my 50s now than I was when I was in my 20s and 30s. So maybe I've earned my way to to a kind of Jamie character. Well, because now you really know, you know, you you've actually lived the the more tranquil life and yeah. you know that there's so much out there and right. so 
you, the world is your oyster, yes, and it's um, also where you get all your ideas. I mean, yes. you know, you, your French lessons was based in Paris. You've got another book that's going to be coming out soon that's based in the south of France. And, of course, you need to get to these places, you know, <laughs> to, to really understand the people, et cetera. You know, I also uh, read that you had lived abroad for several years. I did as well, and I agree with you that this is something that I, I really encourage all young people to do is to live in another country because that's when we really get an appreciation, I believe, for other people's cultures, their way of life. And that's if true. everybody experienced that, I think we might have less bombings and a little I, bit more peace. I absolutely agree with you. I, I think, and that's been one of the draws to writing about foreign countries is that either as an expat living in a, in a foreign country or even a tourist we open our eyes in such a different way. We look around the world um, kind of, you know, with wonder, whereas in our daily lives we stop looking around the world. We stop paying attention in the way that we should be. So travel, especially to exotic locations, shakes that up and makes us see things in a brand new way. And it makes us understand that the world isn't just isn't made up of people just like us. Cultures are so different, uh, and our our under the better that we can understand how other people live and think, the the easier it is for us to um, kind of accept and and uh, work with those other cultures. I th- I find that fascinating. I I have two daughters in their. 20s, and I keep urging them, as much as I would miss them, please go live abroad for go a while. Go live abroad. Grab a backpack exactly. and go do it. Live Jamie's life. I really, you know, the fact that she uh, hooks up with Miguel, who is from Chile, another adventure guide, and, and um, you know, that's such a very, that's a touching subplot in your story, but I think that's another part of travel, is yes. how we can have love experiences with different people from around the world and in different ways, et cetera, that enrich our lives and enrich our memories, and we're forever changed by that. Right, and broaden our sense of the world in a very deep way. That's right. Yes, yes, exactly. Now, I wanted to find out whatever happened to to Bam Bang and (laughs) Tuck Tuck, because those were two, the dog and the the young boy. Yes. he was really a good soul. He yes. Just had oh, I'm so, yes, I'm glad you think that. I love him. Um, someone just asked, I was uh, at a reading last night, and somebody asked about my favorite characters, and he is certainly my favorite minor character in the book. He's just, he's a street urchin, uh, a troublemaker, and he first um, may or may not have stolen Jamie's wallet. Um, I don't know either. I, I'm still not sure, I, and I'm not even sure if you know. Uh, that's right. And he, um, he and his dog, and in fact, I have a. Um, every one of my dogs gets to star, have a starring role in one of my novels. So Tuck Tuck is Tucker, my my um, uh, mutt black lab border collie mix. And uh, there's mention of Jamie had a dog named Finn, a Leon Berger. And uh, we just actually lost um, our our sweet um, big dog Finn. Oh, I'm sorry so, to hear that. Thank it's you. Like, it's, it's so, losing a member of your family. It's very hard. I know it's so hard. But so I get to all my dogs get to live on in my novel. Isn't that and, great? Uh, they they are forever stars. Exactly. Well, let's give out your website. The website is ellensussman.com. S U S S M A N.com. 
This novel is The Paradise Guest House, and as you've heard, it is set in the beautiful paradise tropical island of Bali, and it's a, it's a wonderful love story, but it's also what I find the most intriguing. It's such a beautiful inside look at the people and the culture of this beautiful, welcoming uh, land, and I do hope that people continue to open their arms and, and travel and enjoy the world. I'd love to give a, a plug, too, for your upcoming book. I don't know if you have a title yet, or should we just know? Well, be- no, I, I have a working title. It might change, but right now it's called A Wedding in Cassis, and Cassis is a little town on the coast in the south of France, and I think that it will probably be published a year from this summer. I'm just finishing a first draft of it now. Well, how exciting, and we yeah. know there's many drafts that we, we go through. <laughs> exactly. As, as writers and many people that help along the way. Well, Ellen, congratulations on the Paradise Guest House and, of course, on French Lessons and on your upcoming wedding in a Cassis book on the south of France. We'll be looking for that. Everyone visit ellensussman.com. Have a great time on your book tour and speaking to all the different uh, readers and fans that you have. I think that's always the most fun is meeting the people and answering their questions and getting their insights. Don't you think that's just... Oh, I, I just love it. I mean, some writers are introverts and can't do that sort of thing. I love getting away from my desk and getting out there and meeting readers. I think it's a blast. And it it's been is. great to talk to you, Cynthia. This Thank is, you, this Ellen. Been it's fun. been just really delightful. It's been paradise. So the Paradise <laughs> Guest House, Ellen Sussman is the author, ellensussman.com. Thank you so much, Ellen, for being Thank on you so Star much. Style. Be the star you are. We have to take a short break, but when we come back, we're still staying at the beach, and we're going to find out why the beach makes us so blissful. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and you're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. The conversation continues. Don't go away. Star you are. The star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Be the star you are, light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. You know the top ten signs that your really big, huge dream is about to materialize. Well, most of us have dreams, and the key is to live our dreams. And these are indicators of when your dream is about to come true. Number ten, you need to regularly visualize the end result. It's the after party or beyond. Nine, you got to show up. Do something constructive to achieve your dream every day. Eight, 
Don't be attached to the outcome or to how it's going to come true. Seven, really, truly care that your dream transpires. Six, make a list of the first three people you're going to call with your great news. Five, smile more, fret less. Four, speak and behave as if you have achieved the end results. Three, depend on yourself and not on others to make your dream come true. Two, start planning your next dream and your next goal. And number one, offer gratitude continually. Say thank you, thank you, thank you. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits and make your dreams come true. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. To book a coaching session, call 925-377-STAR or visit starstyleproductions.com. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature Star Style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Be the star you are. You are the star. Turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, thanks for staying here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where the world comes to talk and to listen. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and we are having a good time today. We have been talking about in living color all the fruits and vegetables that can keep you healthy by just putting a spectrum of the rainbow on your plate, 13 servings a day. We've talked with Ellen Sussman, who is the author of the fantastic book, The Paradise Guest House, that chronicles some of the bombings in Bali as well. It has a love story in it. But we want to stay at the beach uh, now because it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell us that a week at the beach really makes us blissful. I just returned from such an excursion, and the effects are long-lasting. And, in fact, this week has been truly a hell week for me with my computers going berserk, literally, and dying down. And when you're a writer and a radio personality and you're on a computer, you know, just about 18 hours a day, when something goes wrong, it is just horrible. But because I feel so relaxed from spending time at the ocean, I think I've been able to make it through it. So so what are some of the reasons that the beach makes us blissful? Of course, there's the obvious. You know, it's beautiful. When you're there, hopefully you have no deadlines. You know, for me, I was completely unplugged, no phones, no computers, no electronics of any kind. It was just me, the waves, birds, sands, walks, family, and, yeah, the occasional margarita. 
And that alone, you know, that reduces the stress. And I know, as I said, without my beach escape, I would be a basket case right now with computers on the blitz. But since my memory and my imagination can still take me to the beach, I am tending to breathe and to let it go. But what is the science behind this tranquility and this feeling of connection? A 45-year-old sea turtle biologist named Dr. Wallace Nichols has been studying the effect of oceans on humans for a very long time. And what he says is that we share a very human experience with water that is often left unspoken at serious meetings because when you go to meetings, you kind of check all that emotional stuff at the door. But consider the just the facts approach is an opportunity and it deepens the understanding of the ways the sea affects our emotions because it would really further science and it would make us better stewards of our planet if we decide to do, to do so. He's coined a term called neuroconservation and he describes his vision. By studying what draws us to the ocean, we can then use that information to not only save the ocean, but to save us. Because scientists have explored everything from the sound of rolling waves to the molecular ions that are in the salty air. But is there really power that's greater behind the sea's ability to transform us? The answer is a definitive yes. You come back from a beach and you find that you've got verve. You find that you've got energy. What is it that makes that simple trip to the beach so restorative? Well, one reason is it could be acoustic. There's a lot of research that has parsed out what types of noise humans find pleasant and relaxing and what types are considered noxious and stress-inducing. It turns out that the most pleasurable sounds have predictable wave patterns. Middle to low pitches, soft volumes, harmonic frequencies at regular interviews, all characteristics of the ocean's rhythms. Now, traffic and airplane noise prompts the body to release a stress hormone, that stress hormone that we call cortisol, which in turn leads to ulcers and heart disease. Ocean sounds, on the other hand, actually decrease cortisol levels. So what we hear at the beach is not all about the pitches and frequencies, though. There's also that emotional component and it hasn't been too well documented, but the ocean sounds do trigger deep memories or feelings of relaxation and safety. Some people say that it's recalling the womb or your mother's heartbeat. But scientists who have scanned the brains of volunteers who listen to ocean sounds versus traffic noises, they say that the similar acoustic profiles that only the ocean sounds activate the brain's medial prefrontal cortex, and that is what is associated, among other things, with emotions and self-reflections. Now, another key to our contentment might be the flat plane of the ocean surface. Like other mammals, we've evolved as a species to operate effectively and to find safety in environments of low complexity. Michael Merzenich, he's a doctor, a professor uh, emeritus at the University of California in San Francisco, talks about how we are constructed neurologically to normalize our environment, in other words, to bring it under control. So when we look out to the sea or we're on a strand, we are in a predictable, stable environment. And some visual elements will stand out. We might see a boat in the distance. We might see a gull 
on the shore. We might see a surfer. Well, anything that occurs against that background is recorded and is interpreted. And as a result, that bird or the boat or the surfer produces a special sparkling feeling rather than fear. Whereas in dense woodlands, dangerous animals can hide among trees, and in cities we worry about criminals. But at the beach, there's really no place for a threat to lurk. Well, I suppose if you're afraid of a shark, or, you know, I mean, there are sharks in the sea. I don't want to say there's no danger. But the calming predictability involves all the senses, from the steadiness of the sound to the salt smell in the air. And it also includes the tactile sensation, we can't forget that, of getting the sand between our toes. In fact, sand has such an emotional power, even away from the beach, that it's actually used in psychotherapy. Sand opens the door to the unconscious world. It's uh, an impressionable, mutable, and it is impermanent. Now, Jordan Grafman, who is another Ph.D., and he's a director of brain injury research at the Rehabilitation Institute in Chicago, noted that large water bodies have symbolic resonance. And what does the ocean present us with? Well, it's mysterious. We can't see it all. We can't see below it. And that mysteriousness beckons us to explore. And for thousands of years, and even in the era now of Google Maps, it continues to tug at us. So contemplating the ocean's infinitude helps us reflect, and it helps to calm us or excite us about things that we know can improve our mood. And so if Grafman has studied depression and post-traumatic stress and has found that the root of our contentment might be molecular and the ocean waves are generating negative ions, which are charged particles that have been linked to mental energy and emotional well-being. Others think that we should take a step back from the properties of the ocean itself and instead suggest that the reason brings us such pleasure is what we do when we get there. So the path of the ocean comes from two different directions. Experiments measuring the way nature can affect our brains and research into how exercise helps humans cope with stress. Because many people, when they go to the beach, they don't just always sit on the beach and get a suntan. You take a walk. You play frisbee. You play in the waves. You know, you collect seashells. You're actually doing something. And what these researchers have found is that the stress levels change. They have a bigger response to a predator odor, a life or death situation, and a smaller response to a non-life-threatening stimulus, which is an open field. In other words, a little exposure to, uh, to nature helps creatures put different stresses into proper perspective. So what does this all mean? Digging in the sand and picking up shells might help us respond appropriately to real dangers. For example... If somebody were to cut us off in traffic, well, then we can also not freak out over every tiny thing, walking to the mailbox or picking up the mortgage bill. So nature is one ingredient of a happier state of mind, and so is the physical activity. Uh, advocating moving in nature is important in almost all the studies that are presented. Students who participate in activities like rock climbing have lower stress levels. Um, when they come to exams, it makes everything else, uh, you know, puts it in perspective. So how do we repeat experiment with surfers? Well, Franson, who was another um, researcher, emphasized that beachgoers don't have to participate in an intense sport to reap the benefits of the exercise. The neurochemical stress response tells our body to move. You can just take a walk. You can go boating 
or just do a little bit of surfing or just actually get on a surfboard and just paddle a little bit. And a lot of us have done this, right? We go to a beach and we might ride a bike. Uh, we take a hike. And, and even though we might eat a lot or even, you know, drink some, drink more than we might otherwise, whether it's beer or wine or a margarita, you come back and you say, yeah, that worked. You know, that really felt good. I, I feel like I have more energy. I feel like I can keep going. And the crises that happen just don't seem as big. Like what's happened to me this week? Losing my computer. That, to me, is huge, but for some reason, I'm not freaking out. So it's relatively easy to gauge, um, you know, what a car or a pizza is worth, but how do we know what a, a beach vacation is worth? How do we put a number on it? Would you trade a view of the sunset or the ocean for $100,000? I mean, that's like crazy, right? It's a philosophical question. You can't trade it because it's in your memory. The brain itself doesn't make the sharp distinctions between the sunset or even a pizza, (laughs) but it does seem to have a different reaction to everything because there's a small module in the brain that calculates the experiences proportional proportional to their underlying values. So what this shows is that when we experience something that is so pretty and is actually worthwhile, something that is attractive and it gets us motivated and it sounds good and it smells good, our brains like take a vacation and it gives us this satisfaction that we don't get from sitting at our desk and maybe doing work or we don't get from just buying new stuff. So the rewards of coastal travel continue long after we've returned home, and they continue in the form of our memories. So like right now, if I'm feeling stressed, I can just go to the beach in my mind, and I feel so much better. In fact, when we got back from our vacation, my husband bought me a CD of ocean sounds, whereas Heather lives on the ocean and gets to hear them every day, I have like seven fountains around my home, and and I have four at my office because I need the sound of water. And then having this ocean sound just really helps me. Now, visually, scenes of the beach have a a level of complexity, a flat expanse of ocean contrast with a solitary tree or curving beach, and everyone seems to find that universally attractive. That might be why so many people have beaches as their screensavers on their computers because we need to take action on generating memories and we need to take action on reducing our stress. And whether that's spending more time at the beach, taking a nap or taking a trip around the world to Bali or France or anywhere, we need to share those experiences and to fill our brains with the magical memories of the psychic goodness of a blissful beach and the blissful water as opposed to just, you know, things and stuff. So sometimes the best therapy is right outside our ocean view window. So don't get just close to the beach. Get on the beach and you will feel so much better. Well, thank you so much for joining us today here on Star Style. Be the star you are. Make sure you're tuned in every Thursday 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, with me, Cynthia Bryan, and with my co-host and Health Matters hero, Heather Brittany. We love being your personal growth coaches, and we love bringing you the authors from around the world who really help you change your life, help you 
take a, a trip in down memory lane or just use your imagination. If you'd like to make a donation to Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this radio show and our teen show, Express Yourself, please go to bethestarur.org or btsya.org. For information on Star Style, visit me at star-style.com or you can email me, Cynthia, at cynthiabryan.com. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate. See beyond your physical being and know you already are a star. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And read a book this week. I do recommend The Paradise Guest House by Ellen Sussman. And, of course, pick up any copies of my books, Be the Star You Are, Be the Star You Are for Teens, Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, The Business of Show Business. We have a new edition, and Miracle Moments and the Blessings of Love and Relationships. And until we celebrate next week, remember that love always wins, kindness prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. You've been listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I thank you for being dedicated listeners. Have a wonderful weekend. Happy Passover. Happy Spring. And we'll be together next week. Have fun. Thank you for tuning in every week for the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Our goal is to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to reach for the stars and shine brightly. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. You're invited to our power party next week and every week right here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel with the dynamic duo, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, our health hero, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers on the planet. We'll pour more champagne for the spirit with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until we play again, be the star you are. You are.